Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. Tons to talk about tonight. Fantastic interview with Jimmy Rowe. Uh, our home ticket giveaway. Gills resigned. Josh got the uh, rising star. It's all happening, so let's not hang about. Let's get straight into it. Welcome everybody to Tuesday Night Live this 12th of April. Um, glad to be with you once again. I don't know what that is on the screen, but we'll sort that out in a sec. Um, in the meantime, g'day Peter, how are you going? Ian, how are you this evening? Very well, thank you. Not too bad at all, mate, except I've got a weird little thing going on here. We'll sort that out. Um, massive week, mate. Massive week. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, lots, lots happening. Lots happening with the. There was obviously the girls' grand final, and then um, our game, and then uh, the rising star, and then also yeah, the VFL VFL news, which was Gil uh, handing in his notice. Yeah, just tons going on. That was a bit of a surprise. I didn't really uh, foresee that. No one, I think, really had that um, pegged. Uh, but apparently, it's a little while coming. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have had a clue other than the fact that just what I've read, and that is that you know he um, he probably extended a bit longer than what he thought he was going to because of uh, of the pandemic. So he probably would have gone a bit earlier, but uh, wanted to, uh, to to see them through to a bit of safety, I guess. Yeah, and uh, look, all jokes aside, I reckon uh, on the balance of things, he's probably been the best CEO we've had for a while. Um, steered the, the league through a very difficult time so uh you know kudos to him for that of course and uh it'll be very interesting who, to see who they decide to put in that chair because that to and me not, there's no not, obvious uh outs. i think it may be brian Cook. not forgetting his um his main legacy of course fiend that being aflx was the big uh <laughs> The big thing from Gil, wasn't it? Hey, look, it's the last premiership we've won in the men's, so don't knock it. <laughs> don't knock it. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, AFLW, of course, uh, massive. Um, getting us through COVID, um, pretty big achievement. I think, honestly, Fiend, that the um, I think Gil's greatest legacy will end up being AFLW. There's no no, no two ways in, in my mind about yeah. that. Uh, commercially, the AFL um, taking back ownership of Dockland Stadium is probably big. Um, you know, that I think that was, uh, what, about 10 or 15 years early, I think, on that lease. So, uh, you know, as, as much as it doesn't affect us directly in Adelaide, it's still a big, uh, big thing for the league. So, uh, yep. yeah, he's done all right. And uh, I don't know. Brian Cook, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they're talking about you know about Gale or Travis Old is another one. Apparently, he's yeah high up in calculations. So, um, be interesting to see. It will be. Um, I think his tenure is running through to the end of the season. If I'm right, I can't 
can't guarantee that, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll have someone in place in the interim, so we'll hear about that in due course. And, of course, uh, we had the game on the weekend, mate, and the uh, tables were turned a little bit uh, after the showdown comeback. We just got picked at the line this week. Yeah, we did. I saw the first half in full, and I was um, bits and pieces of the second half, a, a few things on. But, you know... Um, Overall, I thought there was a you know a lot of positives there. Again, I mean, if you're looking at <clears throat> you know the, I guess the process and and the fact that I think we're all accepting that you know we're not going to play finals this year, and I think that you know if we're getting ourselves into a position where we we're getting we are still continuing to get games into younger players, but we are um, you know we're we're getting results like that where we're not blown out of the water. If you look at the yeah. corresponding game last year, where we weren't in the game at all. Um, you know, I think that there was some, you know, some some promising signs. The other thing that I really, really like, Fiend, is that we've got a lot of pressures coming out from the SNFL as well. Well, that's right. At the moment, um, there's a few blokes pushing for spots, and I spoke about that briefly with uh, with Jimmy Rowe, our special interview um, that you'll hear in a moment, um, talking about competition for spots and how healthy it is. And you know, uh, Big Riley had a good game on the weekend. Sam continued his form. There's a couple of others that are pushing through. Jackson Haitley's uh, had a good uh, run of games. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, Richmond, another fast team, and it was speed that probably did us on the weekend, Pete. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they try to do to combat that this week. The only, the only equivalent I can I can think of for playing football at Marvel Stadium is, you know, it's like, cricket being played on the whacker in the 1970s yeah, isn't it yeah, that's right just concrete just the game just <laughs> just pings around like you just wouldn't believe it's just yeah. doesn't seem quite normal does it no it's a little bit artificial and i still say that and i'd love to do some analysis on this and who knows i might be wrong but it just seems to me that the uh, the teams that play a lot of home games there uh, may just get a little bit of a boost percentage-wise because the scoring seems to be higher, and if they're in good nick playing lower teams, then the margins, I think, are probably a little bit wider. I'd love to see the stats on that. Oh, well, also, they've got artificial conditions as well. So yeah. they're, not, they're never gonna, they're never playing, a you know, like a, in a rainy, windy, you know, sort of boggy game outside. Yeah. So they're, they're art, their percentage is not, there's no question that their percentage is artificially inflated. Agreed. Um do you see any changes this week? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, did we now? We had, who who came off? Because I, as I said, I did. I missed a bit of the second half. Who came off for Cook? Who, uh, who did well, he sub on for? He came on for Hinge. Who had a corked hip? Right. So he's got to be in doubt. Yep. Do we have anybody else in doubt? Um, not injury wise, I don't think. Uh, Lockie Murphy. Pulled up a little bit ginger a couple of times. Um, I think he's probably still feeling that neck a little bit and just getting used to having a plate in his neck. Uh, but uh, let me just have a look at the um, the injury list. Um, quite remiss of me not to be prepared for that, Peter. Uh, you'd think mean, like, I... all these years I'd uh, you know just have all that shit going. But <laughs> apart from hinge, I, I I do find it hard to see any uh, unforced errors, uh, unforced changes because. You know, a four-point game coming off a showdown win the week before. I mean, Phil Thorpe is putting a lot of pressure on selection. I mean, the, I, I thought that the you know, the position that we got 
absolutely her pants pulled down was the ruck, of course. Um, you know, Riley just had an absolutely uh, what, you know a game to forget. Yeah. So that's I guess, but they're not going to. I doubt they're going to change him. Um, so so I would think that um, if we've got an injury in the in the in the form of hinge, then that might be the only change. Yeah. Um, probably case for Chase, I think. Um, but. Uh... As you say, well, he's got to be under. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that he hasn't been under pressure, you know, previously. But you would think that he'd be under a bit of pressure. But and there's certainly, as I said, there's really good pressure coming from underneath. So Phil Thorpe, Berry, as you say, in particular, those two players. But I just right. can't and see them making really. a change. With you, Tex goes back in, kicks goals. You, you, you've got to give Himmelberg and Gallant, you know, a couple of extra games yeah. based on their performances. I think. So I don't think they're going to make any changes that will help Phil Thorpe. Um, I floated uh, on the weekend, Mac, that is there a possibility that we could uh, um, run a triangular big man trio of O'Brien slash Strawn, who should get a run, um, with Riley and Himmelberg and and sort of doing a three-way sort of a swap between Rucks and a half forward and the bench? Mm. No chance Uh, of that. I don't, yeah, I don't think that they will. I, I just think that they're really, really, um, they're welded. You know, that got a shocking contract around the noose around their neck with O'Brien. With O'Brien, I reckon yeah. they're just welded to Riley for a while, and I think he'd have to need, have a few really quite bad games in a row um, to make any kind of change like that. Yeah. So I think, that, I think that they'll they'll probably think well, we've only lost by four points, um, and. You know, we had a one point, a two, two or three point win the week before in the showdown. They'll think that they're in, you know, travelling reasonably well. I mean, if you think about it, we've, you know, in four games, we've had three games under a goal. We could be three and one just yeah. as easily. Yeah. Um, so I think that they'll think that they're not travelling too badly. And I don't mind Barry and Thielthorpe getting a little run of games in the SNFL to really, you know, dominate, really hone their craft there. I think mm. that's not a bad idea. So I think there's not going to be any unforced errors. And I think that. Um, hinge. I thought um, when I mentioned, I thought there'd be a change. I was had in my mind that there was a substitution, an injury sub. So yeah, possibly hinge out, um, and whether they then bring Cook in and um, a, a sort of a wing type position, yeah. and then perhaps bring up Berry, maybe to injury sub. They've got to give um, Kick Peddler in the twos to get him some continuity. I think, Fee. Well, as long as they play him in the midfield, they seem very reluctant at the moment. And, and whether they know something we don't in terms of just miles in his legs, I'm not sure. But it seems a little odd um, that he doesn't he's not getting more midfield minutes at either level at the moment. Um, just looking at the Adelaide website, Hinge is a test. McPherson is a test on his hamstring. Zach Taylor broke his thumb on the weekend, so he's out for three or four. And uh, then, of course, we've got uh, poor old seed ongoing. So... Not too bad on the injury front there. Um, Pretty good. So, yes. Well, they might even go, you know, if, if Hinge comes through, if Hinge pulls up fit, they might even go unchanged. They could do. They could do. Um, just rounding off the discussion on, on the game last, what are your thoughts? I, I felt the inclusion of Sloan had a double effect. One is that Sloan himself wasn't terribly effective and we spoke about the lack of... Um, Clearances from uh, centre clearances from both him and Matt Crouch on the weekend. 
But I think the knock-on effect was the reduced midfield time of Harry Schomburg and the reduced time on ground in general for Harry. I saw him play a bit on the wing. I saw him playing sort of half-forward-ish. Um, he had, I think he had 12 centre-bounce attendances. Sloan had 16. Um, to me, the Sloan situation is is really detrimental to Harry's development at the moment. Oh, absolutely no question uh, about that. And, I mean, it, it, it's almost, I mean, you know, it's one of those things you like to mention and talk about, but you sort of think, well, what's the point? Because yeah, yeah, they're exactly. not going to change the, they're just not going to... If they haven't changed it by now, they're just not going to. Oh. Um, you know, he had 17 touches, and, um, you know, if you're you know, first-choice midfielders, it's just, you know, it's just not enough, and and um, he's just not, you know, he's just not winning enough of the ball, and, he, and he's taking up a lot of time in there, as you say. But one of the things, stats that really, really bothered me, Fane, was that if you looked in combination of um, Sloan, Laird, and Crouch... Between those three players, I think I remember there was something like 32 kicks mm-hmm. between yep. three players. Yep. 32 kicks. And that's, your, and that's in those three players, that's effectively your, that's your primary midfield. Yeah, that's right. And uh, look, it showed because we, we, we just we don't have any separation from stoppage at the moment. Um, and, it, no. it, you know, Essendon showed us what a quick midfield can do in terms of spreading really really quickly and getting outside the contest and there were times when it looked like they were really going to break the game open and they probably didn't capitalize on their chances through the middle part of the game and kept us in it and to our credit our work rate was really good in terms of sticking with it but it just really I mean even the commentators were were discussing how slow our midfield was and you know just makes you wonder what the selectors are seeing or what they place the most importance on, really. Well, the only midfielder that we get, we've got that gets any kind of separation at keys, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, the the call will go in the second quarter when you saw when unfortunately, you know, you're watching Matty Crouch sort of crab along behind. Oh, John yeah. Caldwell was just yeah. terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, not a good look. Uh, anyway, look, as you say, it's almost not worth talking about now. But I just. It, with with Harry sort of finding a bit of form in the second half against Port, I just it really bothered me that it was a backward, backward step for him. Just we need to just have him front and centre, and, and if he is struggling with form or if his disposal efficiency is down a little bit, that's the player that you want to persist with, not a bloke on his last legs whose best years are behind him. You know, we want yeah. we want to persist with a bloke whose best years are ahead of him. <laughs> No, absolutely right. And, you know, it's it, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm relatively satisfied because we're competitive. Our you know, our percentage is quite good. Yeah. Um, that that tells you we're sort of you know trending you know reasonably well. But there is this you know this you know elephant in the room issue of an old and slow midfield that we just don't seem to want to address. Um, and I think you know for pundits like us, Fane, you know when we sit there and watch. An interview with the coach, and he starts talking about, well, you know, we've got a stack midfield. Um, you just know then that really you're wasting your breath. Yes, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> we're not, we're not, we're not watching the same game. Anyway, we can move on from that. Just before we do, though, uh, just to mention that we are giving away home uh, game tickets to the uh, Tigers match this week. 
Um, we have two, our normal two general admission tickets, plus Scoot has also kindly donated a general admission ticket. So uh, we could be filling half the crowd this week. Um, so if you do want to get along to the game on the weekend uh, and you're able to do so and you want general admission tickets, please put your name in the channel did I make, Peter? I made the tickets channel. Put your name and nothing. If anyone chats in that channel, Peter, I'm going to ban them for a week. Just, <laughs> just put a dot in there so that I can see your name. Uh, and uh, we will uh, give those away by the end of the show. Um, so don't waste any time. Get into the tickets channel. Put your name in there, and uh, we will see what happens later on. Now, uh, Joshua Shelley got rewarded for a fantastic start to the season with a rising star nom. Um, on the balance of things, you could say overdue, but he's had a few mates uh, this year with Dacos and a couple others, but uh, great to see him get a nod. Yeah, and I tweeted yesterday what I really enjoy about um, Josh is his capacity to execute the simple option. The, the option the obvious that one. you look at and think, you know, that's the, the, he just does the you know, most obvious thing. And, and, you know, when I see a lot of junior kids play, Fina, you know, the, the ones that are, that are the coach's pets and the ones that sort of advance through, they're the ones that don't try and complicate the game. That's and, right, take the first know, option. Yep, and by the time, you know, you see them, you know, some that try and complicate things, and by the time they're thinking about the second and third option, then their mind is scrambled. Yep. And yep. what that lad has is a very, very clear head, and he just, he, you know, he gets that first option, and bang, he just takes it. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't question himself. He takes that option, and <clears throat> invariably it's the right option, and and invariably we, you know, the team's advantaged by it. Well, he does a not very... try and do too much. Yeah, it's a very good point you raise, and it was again highlighted on the weekend when you saw uh, Matt Crouch with ball in hand slowing the game down, a la Jake Kelly, uh, Roy Sloan at times slowing the game down. There was a marked difference between when we did take first option and move the ball instinctively um, and when we tried to be too cute and uh, either play tempo or whatever. Uh, it just doesn't work for us, and you're right. Josh does the right thing at the right time, and when you when you marry that sort of instinct with a really good footy IQ, you've got a champion on your hands. And uh, by goodness me, if there's anyone that you've got to no, it doesn't matter. You don't to. see you don't see you know dodge three players and have four bounces and kick around the body and you know do a whole lot of bells and whistles. It, yeah. it just it, you don't you don't see that at all. Yeah. Um. Right. Uh. Let's move on. Uh, well, just the other thing about the weekend, of course, was the return of Tex. Um, Pete, what do you think of that? Oof, it was good. Very good. Very good. And, you know, I've been a proponent for the last couple of years of giving Darcy the keys uh, on the on the basis that Tex was on his way out. But he's looking as fit as he ever has. And he, yeah. he stripped pretty fit at the beginning of last year too until sort of two-thirds of the way through the season. And... As it stands right now, and with Darcy not showing anything, um, I'm happy How for old is Tex. Tex uh, 32? 32. How old is Hawkins? A similar age. 
Both, both they just both look in, like they could just stay in the goal square for the next five years, don't they? Well, they both look like they're in career best form, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, Tex was leading the goal, kicking uh, halfway through the season last year. Hawkins ended up winning it, I think, didn't he? From memory? Yeah, not close to it. would have been around the mark. So, yeah, I've changed my tune a little bit on, on the whole debate around Fogarty and Walker because... Uh, uh, Darcy did have an opportunity the first three games this season, and, and he didn't take that opportunity, in my opinion, Peter. Um, no, not at all. No. And someone like Elliot Himmelberg looks to be taking... Oh, I'm not on his bus. Don't worry, I'm not getting back on the Berg train because that coincides with a, with a, a distinct drop in form. <laughs> so I'm going to stay off the Berg train no matter how well he plays. Um, but uh, he has taken his opportunities so far this year, Himmelberg. Uh, Riley Thilthorpe's obviously learning and a, and a work in progress. But Tex can stay there, if you ask me, for as long as he wants. Yep. As oh, long I as he keeps performing. I'd be surprised if you couldn't just plunge him in the goal square for you know for next year as well. Well, and you know what, Pete? Uh, Tex and Rochelle are very similar players in terms of their instinct. Um, and I think you could find a little a little uh, one-two punch um, yep. happening between those two. I think they might gel really well in the forward line. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, just the other thing over the weekend, of course, was the uh, AFLW grand final, mate, and uh, <clears throat> three out of five for the girls. Uh, debate on Twitter today about and Karen, Caroline Wilson having a crack at Stevie Rowe for saying truth about the BNF having to be the Aaron Phillips medal, um, and Caro trying to turn it, in, turn it into a parochial uh, thing. Uh, Stephen Rowe might have been parochial, but he was also being logical because to me, it's Aaron Phillips first and Daylight second. Yeah, no question about it. And um, yeah, they just that seems just the usual saltiness over there that um, that. Uh and trying to sort of get in on on the ground floor in terms of uh, women's football and it just hasn't happened for them and and it's um you know the the, the home of girls footies here in Adelaide. Yep, agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now a reminder to people and we do have um <clears throat> nineteen ninety crow with his hands up there if you do want to have a chat um about uh anything to do with uh, recent events then please put your hand up. But in the interim, Peter, I think uh, before we go too much further, we uh, I did have the pleasure of interviewing James Rowe earlier, and it's probably a good time to uh, put that on. What do you reckon? Go. Well, it would be a good time to put that on if it was actually working. So we'll keep talking while I sort that out, Pete. Is <laughs> <laughs> that um, a good start? To the, is it a reasonable start to the season, Jimmy? I think. Look, I think so. Um, I think he's not going to be a player going to get something out of every week, is he? I thought it was really interesting. Who was it? Someone on Twitter put in the comparison stats comparison of Jimmy Rowe and Connor Rosie. Mm, I didn't see I guess that. Guess who was out in front? James Rowe, eh? 
Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, Connor, obviously, being the... Uh, oh, we're very privileged. The absolute uh, standout in terms of draft choice. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. Connor Rosie's really fallen in a hole, hasn't he? Like, absolute hole. Whether it's by development or he was overrated and blokes caught up with him, I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, Anyway, He's not I've developed got... into the Robbie Gray that they thought that he would. No. No, I think we've got that guy. We've definitely got that guy because the thing is, is that he's just, he's remained, I think I mentioned this last week, Fiend, that he's, pl- he's still playing like a first-year draftee. Well, that's exactly right. Um, he, he hasn't put on a hell of a lot of weight. Um, he's still sort of playing around the edges. He's not, he hasn't taken that step, yep. has he? Anyway, no, I've queued up... Not... Uh, I've queued up Jimmy now, so uh, okay. let's get in. Let's there. go. Uh, we're very privileged uh, today to have the time of James Rowe, our uh, young, or mature age, I guess, young, mature aged, uh, live wire forward. James, how are you going, mate? Hey, Rob, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Pleasure yeah, to be on. Pretty good. Thanks for giving us your time, mate. You've just come out of a wait session, have you, I, I hear? Ah uh, yeah, a little little weight session day in education. Just a sort of a half day today. We had recovery uh, yesterday, Monday. So yeah, so it was a little half day, a little pump. So uh, yeah. all good fun. It, it's all maintenance for you now, mate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say maintenance. I'd say it's a bit more than maintenance. I've still got a little bit to work on with my body, but uh, it's all good fun. Nothing wrong with a bit of gym. Get the get the tunes flowing. All the boys love it. So um, all the boys nah, get around it. Yeah. Who, who's the uh, who's the monster at the moment in the gym? Monster is in on music or monster is in as lifting in weight heavy. Lifting. Uh, well, we do it in line groups, as in like forwards, defenders, and midfielders. So I'm only with the forwards. So as the forwards, you probably got big Tex and Fog. Yeah. They they chuck up a pretty pretty heavy bench press and the like. So yeah, they're probably the main ones. But then. Obviously, in the midfield, you got big Riley O'Brien. I don't know what he's benching these days, but it'd, yeah. <laughs> it'd be something crazy. Yeah. But, um, pound pound for pound, you'd be around it, though, wouldn't you? What was that? Sorry, I'm just that. Pound for pound, you'd be around it, though, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, pound for pound. Um, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> I'll, leave I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, Tech, Tech stripped pretty fit on the weekend. He looked uh, he looked like he'd been uh, doing nothing much else, but... Uh, Pushing the weight, so uh, that's a good thing. Anyway, look enough about enough about them. Let's talk about you. Um, I just wanted to quickly backtrack uh, and talk about your pathway into the AFL because it's not the usual, you know, get drafted at eighteen and come through the the normal pathway. You had to work pretty hard for it, mate. Uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. Uh, yeah, my pathway probably going through the juniors is pretty normal. I played at Woodville West Torrens. From a pretty young age of like 11, 12. So I went up all through there, through juniors. Um, and my college footy sort of took over in when I was probably under 16s when school footy takes over. So I went to Sacred Art and then just combined that with Woodville. Um, yeah. And then obviously didn't get drafted in my under 18 age. And then stayed at Eagles, then played a bit of league footy there. I think I played probably... My first season up, I was probably up and down under Godsey, um, Michael Godden. He's now at Crows, which is a bit of a small world of Adelaide, yeah. which is another story. But um, yeah, I was probably played 10 league games in my first year. And then Godsey went to Crows and got a new coach, Sam Lonigan, played every game that year. Um, 
had a little bit of interest from AFL clubs at the end of that year, but no, obviously nothing too substantial because I didn't get drafted. And then Sam Monaghan went to Richmond. We got another coach, Jade Sheedy, and um, yeah, had a had a uh, probably improved again that year. Um, we won the grand final. Um, it was a very special year. Um, probably a game that was very um, yeah one of the better games I've played in. Um, and then yeah, lucky enough to get an opportunity from. Pros that year, and well, I was probably 20 years old then. So uh, yeah, it's got the normal pathway, but um, it's probably helped my footy. I think probably having life experiences, getting a job, training—it's um, probably all helped me in the long run. So yeah. I probably wouldn't change anything for the world. Do, do you reckon um, as uh, the competition continues to evolve, do you reckon there'll be more mature age? interest because there's a hell of a lot of blokes playing in the state leagues that you look at them and you think geez you should be playing AFL footy yeah I, yeah I, I think so I don't, I don't think there's there's not really a formula to getting drafted I don't think I think if you're good enough you just you'll get a game it yeah. doesn't matter really what age you are and my one of my teammates Jack Hayes I don't know if you followed footy that well but um he debuted for St Kilda round one had 19 kicks kick three goal um and he's been doing that in the sample for years. He's probably one of the better players I've played with, not not including my AFL team now, but he was obviously too good for sample, and it just shows that I think he got drafted. I mean, it might be 25, 26. So yeah. I think there's there's no real script to getting drafted. I think if you're good enough, you'll get a game, and I think we're pretty just starting to work that out. But it, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, you're a, you're a, um, a small forward, but I, I would have thought certainly with the bigger blokes like Jack, you know, that take a little bit longer. It, uh, it's almost like a bit of an insurance policy to let them develop in the in the twos and uh, and pick them up in that early to mid twenties range. Uh, it's certainly more than one of us that were thinking, "Geez, why didn't we take Jack with a with a rookie pick or something?" Yeah, no, I think that that is it. But obviously, the bigger boys take a little bit more time to develop, so. Um, I'm not. There's pro- there's probably a lot more to the draft strategy than I understand, so I can't really fully answer it. But I think probably how I look at it is if they're good enough, they'll get a game. Yeah. Uh, Jack's just one example of that. There's probably many more. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But our recruiters do a great job. We've we've drafted a few very good players, late like picks. So I think yeah, <laughs> they know we'd... a bit more than me, and they lo- they watch a lot more footy than I do. So, um, but yeah, I think if you're good enough, you'll get a game. Seems like a cushy job to me, recruiting actually. Just sit sit back and watch watch a bit of footy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is it, it is cushy, but they watch a lot of footy. You got to love footy, I reckon, to do that job. Yeah, so, you're right. very... so I mean, you came, you stepped in uh, to the club in a real transition phase um, uh, with a new coach or newish coach, and uh, uh, you know a lot of a uh, new admin and all the rest of it. So you probably don't have a hell of a lot of backstory, but how have you found it, uh, the step up from SANFL and also just the environment around the club at the moment? Uh, yeah, well, just first, when I got to the club, everyone was awesome. Um, I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Everyone, all the boys made me feel heaps welcomed. And probably the first thing that I noticed um, coming in from a sample club is just how close all the boys were. You sort yeah. of don't really think about how much time everyone spends together. It's sort of like... Well, it is our job, and we spend probably eight hours a day together, almost more time than what you'd spend with your family. So yeah. the first thing I noticed was how close all the boys are. We're, we're probably a pretty young group. I don't know what the age demographic is, but it feels like that probably two to three-thirds of the group are probably under the age of 
24. So that's nah, it's an exciting group to be around. Um, I've loved it, and yeah, all the all the coaches. Just I feel like we've got a real real good group of people together, and um, I've, I know I've only been there probably 18 months, but it feels like success is really close, and probably the results this year have shown that. Been yeah. been kick within three games, it could easily be three and one, but we could also be going for when we know that. So, um, but no, nah, it's, it's a very exciting group to be around, and yeah, I love my time. Yeah, so, so I mean, I guess, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would have thought the mandate from the club when you were recruited was as a small forward, um, but we've seen you play fairly high um, at times and and be almost a link player um, rather than a crumbing forward. Do you have a specific role, or is it fairly flexible? Is that what James has put in to be fairly flexible around around that sort of role? Yeah, our roles. Yeah, the small forward role is probably a bit of a it's a, it's a tricky role to sort of explain. But yeah, it, our role in in our structure is to get higher up the ground and also be at the feet of the big boys. So sometimes you see me high up the ground, and then other times you see me real deep. It's sort of a hard role to explain but um, yeah. our forward line coach James Rahealy does a real good job with us and there's a lot of small forwards in our team and um, yeah we're doing, I think we're doing not a bad job but at the same time we've got a bit to work on but yeah there's probably two two um, ends of my role getting up the ground and also being deep so yeah and there's probably times you'll see me up the ground and then times you'll see me deep so yeah 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 do you sort of rub a band with blokes like Joshua Shelley and and the other small forwards there sort of up and back sort of thing yeah yeah we sort of mix it up what we do where we find each other um someone might be a bit more tired than the other so someone might have to go up the ground while someone rest um yeah yeah sort of just mixes it up yeah, and the, I mean, it's a real transition for the forward line for the Crows at the moment because obviously we've had Tex out and so Darcy's been in and we've got sort of Riley on the fringes and Elliot stepping up um, this season and, uh, you know, Lockie Gland as well. Um, do you feel like every spot's up for grabs at the moment or do you think that there's a there's a, a mix starting to happen there now? Uh, I would... I think we are trying to create a group that can sort of stick together and play more games together so we can gain experience but I think the competition for spots is is very good and I think that's a healthy thing especially in a young team um, I mean this week we had Riley Silthorpe and uh, Big Fog playing in the sample um, and they both performed very strongly but um, yeah Elliot Hilberg, Lockie Gallant um, are also playing well so I think there's Right now, I guess Elliot, after his performance in the showdown, uh, Lockie Gallant probably have that spot right now. But um, footy's a funny sport and things can change. So I think there's always competition for spots. And that's yeah. not only the big boys; that's the small boys too. And uh, we all know that. And it's not just our it's not just our position. It's all 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 three spaces of the field where there's good competition for spots. And um, I think our sample team are two and zero. So um, yeah, it's a healthy well. thing a healthy thing and um, something our football club is trying to be. Yeah. Just on uh, Lockie Glant, real quick, I, I guess he'd be spending a fair time in the weights room. Can you maybe just pin him under a under a barbell and just leave him there until he signs a contract? Yeah, work that one out for us, James. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I'm, I'm sure there's something going on there. Um, but yeah, he um, he's he's worked hard at the gym. Uh, I think he's put in put on 13 kilos or something since he got to the club so 
I wouldn't want to have seen him before he was 30 kilos because he's still... He's not, well, I don't think you could actually see him. I, yeah, I think if he well, stood sideways, he was invisible. Yeah, no, he's, he's, um, he's worked very hard and um, no, I'm very pleased with how he's performing at the start of this year. It's a credit to him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit of a fan. I reckon he's uh, a bit of a gun, so hope, hopefully he does sign on the dotted line. Um, getting back to you, of course, um, I, I guess... In the end, uh, it's an interesting mix that we've got up forward um, with Lockie Murphy now available as well as Josh Rochelle coming in and at the moment playing that sort of small forward role as well. It almost seems like we're overloaded with small forwards. Do you see yourself or Josh or one of the other, like even Lockie for that matter, who was a midfielder as a junior, do you see yourselves sort of putting your hands up for a few midfield rotations at some stage? Uh, yeah, I think there's. I don't think that there's anything wrong with putting your hand up to go up into the midfield. It's always something that you want to have a string to your bow. Whether you can play forward or midfield, even back, you want to be able to do all ends of the ground. So, um, no, nah, that's something that I'm looking at. And I'm sure the other boys are looking at. I can't necessarily answer it for them, but yeah, I think yeah. I think Rochelle's been put in the midfield a couple yeah, a of times. Bit. So, um. Yeah, it's probably more of a coach uh, a question for the coaches, the balance of our forward line and yeah. whether they want to see us in the midfield or whatsoever. But yeah. I think um, I think our forward line performed pretty well at the start of this year. Um, but yeah, the balance is probably more a question for the coaches. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because um, you, from memory, you played a little bit of mids at um, at the Eagles, didn't you? You weren't always up forward, were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I have played a bit of midfield in my time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Lockie as well. So uh, um, we've we've commented a few times uh, on our podcast that our rotations seem a little bit uh, skinny compared to some other teams. So it'd be good to see a few other blokes come in there, like yourself and Lockie and and Josh, etc., just to share the load. Um, yeah. How are the um, with the competition for spots? How how are the younger lads handling that in terms of their own? Development. I mean, you've got Sam Berry and and Luke Pedler, etc., and, and yourself as well. You found yourself in the twos at various stages. How how does the club deal with that in terms of your own development when there's so much competition? Yeah, I can I can only talk on my own um, sort of experience with it, and it's sort of just something you've got to deal with. There's probably reasons why you you find yourself out of the team. It's not. It's obviously performance based. So. For me personally, I just talk to the coaches, see what they want me to do, see if there's anything else I can do, whether it's education-based or um, tact- like tactics or body things or whether it's a certain element of my game. Yeah. That's something that I try and do. So I just try and prove that in whatever game I'm playing in. So in our case, it's usually the sample. Um, so yeah, just try, you just got to stay positive. You're, I guess when you get dropped, you're, you're obviously out of the team but you're obviously not too far away you've probably just played ourselves so yeah um, sort of got to try and stay positive and just yeah just keep working hard really yeah. and get yeah. better yeah um, I can't talk about how the other boys are going no, no. yeah I'd assume though that there's a fair bit of like communication amongst the coaches and, and those players on the fringes about you know what what areas they need to work on etc yeah no the coaches are very good at um, communicating what they feel like need to get better. Um, my, I've got James Rahealy as my line coach, and um, he's very good at communicating that, even if it's 
even if it's just a little trend that's happening in my game while I'm playing AFL, he, he communicates that with me pretty well. So um, no, the coaches are really good. Yeah. And um, I suppose uh, an observation that we've had um, watching the games, probably uh, where we've been founding a little bit wanting uh, so far is in transition, sometimes being a little bit slow. Is that something at the moment that the club's working on in terms of trying to trying to get you guys up the ground to be links, etc.? Or like, is that is that a focus at the club at the moment? Are you talking like transition from so the the opposition's one back? Yeah, from yeah. the back half. Oh, as in, as in we're transitioning the ball from the back half, or the opposition yeah. is? No, we are. Yeah, that's how, that's how we are. I guess trying to work on um, is our ball movement. Um, I don't think it's one of our biggest problems, but um, yeah, it's, we're, we're obviously a young team back there. Um, so yeah, something we we try to work on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that side. No, <laughs> that's all right. It was probably a bit of a jumbled question. Um, yeah, like I just I just noticed how high you and Lockie play at times, yeah. and I just wondered whether that was maybe part of the whole um, strategy to get the ball moving through the middle and and you know make our forward fifty entries a little bit deeper. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's probably a fair observation. Um, yeah, there's probably times where we can go quicker, or there's times we can probably go slower. Um, obviously, you don't want to turn the ball you don't want to turn the ball over in your back half. So um, there's obviously a balance of when you can go quick and fast. But um, as a young team, we are trying to build connection with all three lines. So um, yeah, yeah, that's what we're trying to work on. Yeah, yeah. And you got Richmond this week, mate, uh, and they seem to be uh, getting back to some sort of form, and they are again another quick team and. Probably one of the observations um, from last week's loss was we've maybe done for pace a little bit at times. Um, has there been some chatter around how you might uh, get in behind Richmond to stop their run in a similar way that Essendon do? Um, not as yet. We sort of haven't. We only re- like we reviewed the game a bit yesterday and a bit today, so we haven't really moved on to Richmond. That more happens tomorrow. Um, I think the coaches went down and watched the Richmond Bulldogs game, so I'm sure they have a, a fair a fair idea of what what we can bring to um, beat Richmond. Um, yeah. I only watched a quarter or a bit of that game. We were playing Sunday morning, so I was trying to get to bed. So yeah. I can't really fully talk about it, but <laughs> Richmond are obviously a pretty good team, so... Um, it's going to be a good challenge for us and something we're all looking forward to. I think step one is run through Shy Bolton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't, Fair, I don't know if I'll be able to run through him. He's a bit quick for me, so... A little bit. We'll, we'll have to get someone else to do that. Yeah. But uh, from the sounds of it, mate, uh, the, the mood around the club is positive and it's at, like every player that I've spoken to from the from the club this year and also at the back end of last year just spoke about a uh, spoke about a spirit of um, building something together. Is that the feeling that you've got that it, you're sort of starting a new little generation and you're all sort of building something together? Yeah, that's definitely awesome. I feel like we're we're a young group. We're um, I've really said I don't have much experience on it, but I feel like well, from players from Geordie Dawson coming into the club, Mitch in from Brisbane, they sort of say that they haven't seen many many groups of people work as hard as what we do so yeah. I think a work ethic's there um, 
our knowledge of the game starting to get better, um, games played starting to get better. Yeah. Um, so all the experience and all that starting to add up. So I feel like it is something that's coming. Um, obviously, a few results this year have been disappointing, but um, I don't know when it's going to come, but I feel like it's it's definitely not far away. And it's exciting and, yeah, it's something that we all want to be part of. And that's probably why we all work so hard is because hey, there is a, a, a good feeling around the club and, um, yeah, it feels like success isn't far away. Yeah. It won't be for want of work rate, mate, because it's been very noticeable how hard you blokes work on the field and, um, you know, any any lack of success won't be for want of trying. So, uh, yeah, you know, perseverance, etc. Um, look, mate, I'll let you go. Um, is it? Have you got an exclusive for me about your health? Because you sound like you got a bit of a cold. Are you right for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine. Nah, I've just got a bit of a blocked nose right now. I think I I left my fan on last night, and it was, oh, right. and the window was open, so I probably just <laughs> gave myself a little bit of a runny nose. But nah, I'm, I'll be all sweet. Yeah, I don't expect uh, late out um, James Roy COVID. <laughs> nah, well, if I have COVID, it might be there might be a few more boys out. And we have to do a rapid test. we have to do a rapid test before we go into the club every day. Oh, if I come up negative, you'll be you'll be happy to know. So you won't be seeing those you won't be seeing those headlines. <laughs> All good. Well, mate, it's been a good start of the year. A bit up and down in terms of results, but um, the showdown was excellent. And you're a bit unfortunate last week. Um, take Benny Keys aside and just give him a couple of lessons. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, can't knock any of you for trying at the moment. It's it's really good to see the the young lads develop and see yourself involved as well. So, appreciate your time, mate, and good luck against the Tigers on the weekend. No worries, Rob. Have a good one, mate. There you go, Pete. Um, Sound a little bit under the weather from what I reckon. <laughs> he reckons he's all right. Oh, Pete's gone walkabout. <laughs> Got bored listening. Um, but there it was. It was James Rowe. Uh, great of the club again to give us uh, the time and, and great for James, obviously, to give us the time as well. Um, a really good insight. Um, I felt like he didn't want to give a lot away, but... Uh, no, uh, just, I did there was something that I, there was something that I did want to pick up that touch on that yeah very interesting and it was something that I I actually was I had in my mind to mention and I, I kind of did when I was talking about the fact that you know Riley probably can't get back into this team and I thought it was interesting he was just talking about James Rahealy and I think that we probably are not giving James enough of a shout out at, at the moment because yeah. if you look at <clears throat> Our four games, we've gone... If you take out the Collingwood game, we've kicked 82 points against Frio, um, 96 against Port, 99 on the weekend against Essendon. Yeah. And that's a strong contributor to our percentage looking pretty good at the moment. And um, he's doing a terrific job. Those, you know, Given all the comments that we make every week about the midfield, um, the forward line is really functioning you know, very well. Well, it does seem to be more cohesive. When when we get enough uh, service from the midfield, um, um, it's probably the most... Uh, like on the weekend, it was probably the most spread forward line I think I've seen us have for quite some time. Don't Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. I, I felt like it, there wasn't any of this bunching up like we've been guilty of in the last you know couple of seasons. It, it seemed to be that the forwards were 
working in unison and, and running to good places. Absolutely, and against Port as well, same thing. Mm. Himmelberg and Galant worked really well together. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that, uh, again, as I said, uh, many thanks to the club on that. Now, uh, Peter, how many people have I got in the tickets channel? I've got two at the moment. I've got two, so surely there's more people that want to go and watch us thump Richmond on the weekend. Uh, so you've got a little bit of time left to put your um, put your name in there. If you do want tickets, we do have two normal ones to give away and also Scoots uh, made one available to us for a third. So uh, um, we'll pick a winner and, uh, and uh, there may be a runner-up prize as well. Who knows? Um, now, just quickly before we get uh, any further 1990 has been sitting there for about two days so we better see what 1990 has got to say come on in mate hello G'day, sir Phoenix. hello you can you hear me yeah gotcha yep can do hey guy uh yeah good thanks um yeah i went to the game on sunday wasn't it um yeah it was really really good to watch us um do reasonably well um and get excited at a couple of times when I thought we were <laughs> going to take the lead and run away with it, but uh, eventually, obviously, didn't quite happen. But um, that that's okay. Um, I can. It was quite noticeable uh, that when we went forward, that our forward line was doing really well every time. Every time we went forward, um, you only had to look at the inside fifty count. I think it was around um sixty odd to like late 40s or something. I, I don't know the stat off by heart, but um, but they were significantly in front. Um, and so to even be within a goal at the end says that our forward line was working really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the key difference at the end of the day was the ruck. Um, we got absolutely monstered in the ruck by Draper and Phillips, um, particularly around the ground. Um and also both both of their ruckman kick goals, um, that um, that last goal by Draper at the end to kick a goal was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Rob um, lost his balance and just basically gave a freebie to him. So I I really don't know where we go with O'Brien. Um, I think he's a bit of a liability at the moment. He is he might be second leading second or third in the hitouts. Um, on the on the table, but I, I yeah, I, I, I just really don't don't see how he could possibly be in a future Premiership side as we speak. I think we really need to look at a alternate um, ruck, young ruck at the draft or this year or this year or next year to develop because I I, I don't think he's the man. It, it's really noticeable, isn't it? Nineteen ninety when he stops taking marks around the ground you start to scrutinise his ruck work a little bit more. Um, and without that presence around the ground and clunking a few, um, his value really diminishes, doesn't it? Yeah, like, he's never been a strong hit-out ruck. Um, he's usually been competitive. Like, he's been, supposed to be that extra midfielder where he can tackle and harass and handball and... As soon as he stops doing that, he sort of becomes extremely ineffective. Um, I only have to remember, like, going back in the late 2000s when we had Bed Hudson, he's, he was yeah. supposed to be a similar player to that. Um, 
and he's just he's just not doing those other things that make him that style of player that um, would actually be quite effective. Like, was it two that was it two thousand twenty? He won the best and first, I think. Yeah, um, two years ago. Two years ago, um, he was he was at the top of his game two years ago, um, doing that kind of role and. Um, Obviously, that's why they gave him the the five year contract extension. But he's 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 not that player as we speak. So I don't know what the club does really. They're they're quite hamstrung with a long term contract again um, to a player that isn't playing anywhere near their worth. And yeah, just we're a bit stuck in stuck in a position where we we're going to have to do something about it if if it doesn't turn around. I don't know about you guys, um, Pete. You might have an opinion on this, but a five-year term for a ruckman is is a bit of a reach, isn't it? Oh, look, there's just some awful. I mean, that's a whole new episode thing. If we want to start talking about yeah. some of the contracts we've given out, we've got yeah. Miller on a long-term deal. We've got Chase Jones on a long-term deal. It's just oh, just Sloane was on a long deal. Still Sloane a couple on a big to go. long-term deal. Terrible. Remember when we never used to grant more than one-year contracts to blokes over 30, irrespective of who they were? Even Andrew McLeod. Even Andrew McLeod, that's right. Year-to-year contract. What happened to that? Bloody hell. So Lee goes on four years. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I'm all for tying up the young kids if you think they've got something. Um, And Jake, you know, from the limited vision we've had of him so far looks like a bit of a player he looks a talent yeah but I mean it's, it, it's an unproven talent so far really it's an unproven oh, talent yeah. um, I mean Rochelle fair enough you know I can live with that one but what, why on earth did they give I mean they gave Chase Jones a big extension as yeah, well I can't remember yeah. how many years but in a, in a year we had a game where he had two touches yeah, uh, on, yeah. The, on the back of a, some yeah. serviceable halfback work after being drafted as a yeah. midfielder. I, I don't understand it all. Uh, but anyway, like you said, mate, anyway, that's, an, on, that's another one. On to positive <laughs> things, um, Joshua Roselli, um I think we might have a bit of a Gary Ablett Jr. on our hands. Yeah, it looks that way. He, he looks an, a bona fide champion, doesn't he? But that type of player that... Thirty touches, two or three goals a game. I I wouldn't be surprised if he if he reached those levels. Would you, Pete? Because I wouldn't either. I I mean, you know, I was a bit on the fence about us taking him in the draft, but gee whiz, uh, there's absolutely no doubt. Him and Jason Horn at this stage are probably neck and neck one and two in that draft. I reckon of the players available. Yeah. 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 No doubt, and look what a difference it what, what a difference it makes when you nail your early pick. Yeah, exactly. Imagine having. I mean, theoretically, we should have five of those running around. Yeah, well, that's a hundred percent right, Pete. When you when you actually put it that way, I mean, you know, you could argue the second half of the first round can be a little bit hit and miss, but we should have we should have at least three or four of that type of quality in our team. Considering yep. where we've been in the draft, where we've been placed in the draft over the last, you know, three I, or four years, I think Phil Thorpe and Pedler could be that style of player. They're just um, they're not really getting played, as we speak. 
Yeah, I, I've got a sneaky suspicion that Peddler's going to be something special as well. Just, I, as long as you know, the caveat of his, yeah, the caveat is his body. I hope he hasn't got a Matt Crouch body with um, you know tight strings and all that. But um, I just like the way he can break free. He, he can get a little bit of separation from contest. Um, I just hope he can get his fitness up to uh, be an effective midfielder going forward. I I think he just understands the moment. Um, he's one of those players. He doesn't need to have thirty touches to to make an impact. Yeah. Um, you just watch him. Those little things. He just does a nice pass or does a nice uh, inside collect and run out of a pack or just little things you watch and you think, yeah, he, he's good. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Always good to have you on board. Uh, and your dulcet tones are most welcome. <laughs> good evening, guys. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Peter, a couple of, a little bit of uh, housekeeping to do. Um, I don't know. Are you in any tipping comps this year? The worst tipster of all time. Well, so am I, and stupidly um, decided that I wanted to be in a tipping comp <laughs> this year. And our, our, I don't know whether you've got around our tipping comp, but we've got how many people we've got now tipping? We've got uh, about 80 in our tipping comp, right? Uh, and leading the pack uh, are one, two, three, four blokes on. 25, which, well, four people, I should say, because one of those is a, is a, a lady, Claire, um, averaging 6.3 around. Now, I don't know how you survive last round with West Coast getting up in a few of those, but we've got Harry, Brett, Craig and Claire on 25, and then we've got a, a cast of thousands uh, coming up behind them. Where do you reckon I'm ranked? You'd be down the bottom, surely. That's the easiest prediction you've made all day. I'm number 67, mate. Number 67, averaging two less tips per round than our current leaders, so uh, giving them a fair uh, a fair head start, which is a bit of a shame. But never mind. Uh, it's fantastic to see so many people getting involved with that, and uh, I am in uh, negotiations to uh, wangle a prize um, for that competition. So uh, watch this space and we'll have that organised in the coming weeks. Of course, don't forget, if you want to support the Crowcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Uh, the veteran tier members today got to listen to my interview live with Jimmy Rowe as I did it. And that's one of the perks of being a veteran um, patron. So you can get around and... and and listen to the live uh, interviews as they happen. Um, but any support is appreciated, as uh, as you uh, agree, Pete. Uh, and the, the the support that the Crowcast is getting is amazing. And to have you know what's, what another twenty odd people in the audience tonight is fantastic. So uh, thank you to everyone for that. Now, Peter, let's have a look. Did anyone else decide to put their name in the ticket thing? We've got four people. Quack Daddy, Steamboat, Stu, Seeds Guilt. Nikki, don't you have tickets? Um, and B. Borden uh, have all got tickets, uh, have all put their name up. Now I'm just going to bring up my random number generator here. Um, now, Nikki, if you type in there again, Nikki being Seeds Girl, 
I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Stopped. Seas <laughs> girl, do you need tickets or not? Speak now, forever hold your peace. <laughs> Well, why'd you put your bloody name in there for, you goose? All right, anyway. Um, and losers in there, beautiful. All right, so we've got one, two, three, four. So that four. Uh, the generator is up. Here we go. Oh, and it is number four is the number. So and lose as the, um, as the late, um, late entry or the last man in. Gets the tickets. Well done, mate. I'll be in touch with you afterwards. Now, we do also have um, a ticket available from um, from Scoot. So I'll just run another, another number if uh, one of the others want. Uh, number one. So that's Quack Daddy. Luke, if you want um, a ticket, I'll, get in, I'll message both you blokes afterwards and we'll work something out between the three tickets. All right. But uh, thank you to those people. For entering, and of course, don't forget every home game we're giving away at least two tickets at the moment. Uh, thanks to our um, our uh, benefactor, <laughs> who I'm not allowed to name, so I won't name him. But thanks anyway to that person, Ray. Um, all right, Pete. What else have we got to talk about? I think we might just about be done. Just about, I think. Do you think? How do you think we'll go on the weekend? Will we get up? Um, I don't, no, I don't, because, simply because I think we're going to have the same problem that we had against Essendon, Uh, not quite as fast a deck, uh, but it's going to be good weather, Um, and they'll just be too quick for us, I think, and again, I think, um, I don't know what ins they've got with regards to their tools up forward, uh, but they're managing a ride at the moment as it is, um... So I I don't think we can have the pace. What do you reckon? I don't mind us this weekend. I I don't mind us. I think we might. Uh, I reckon we might just sneak over Richmond this weekend. Ooh, that's a big call. Mm, big call. But there you go. Big call. They played a right against, against the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit worried about the Bulldogs at the moment. I'm not sure they're travelling particularly well. So no, I yeah, reckon, that's we, true. I reckon we, if we can we can stick with them for for four quarters. I think we're we're a chance. I think we can play. Yeah, as we did on the last two weeks, I think, uh, and that with that forward line functioning well, a bit of extra space there in Adelaide Oval, I think. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. We'll soon find out. Um, but uh, look, all right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and also on Discord. Thanks to 1990 for uh, having his say. Uh, thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon and also don't forget whatever platform you're on, give us a subscribe and a like and a review if you like what you hear. Um, it helps our algorithms and all the rest of it. Um, we will be back at the normal time of 8.30 on Sunday night for the wrap show with Nikki and Macca. But in the meantime, Peter, thank you very much for joining us once again. And uh, Always we'll a pleasure. S- thanks, mate. We'll see you all soon. Good night.